Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina Justison, here with Vicki Tillman and Kim Smythe. And we are happy to be talking about all things homeschool, high school. And for this episode, more on the holidays. If you missed our podcast about um, realistic expectations for the holidays, we would like to encourage you to check that one out after you listen to this one. Because there's lots of encouraging and practical ideas there for you. So today we're going to be talking about complicated Christmases. And it alliterates. It does. We do like alliteration here at <laughs> Seven do. Sisters. At least well, five of the sisters, anyway. It's complicated with Seven <laughs> Sisters. <laughs> Not everybody loves alliteration. It's true. It's true. Yeah, we're just going to call her out. So Marilyn is really not a big fan of alliteration. <laughs> I alliterate in my sleep without meaning to, so it just happens constantly. And the rest of us pretty much alliterate just to push her buttons, I we, think. We, yeah. yeah, we do. <laughs> we do have a little intentional fun with it occasionally. Yep. We love you, Marilyn. Yeah. <laughs> she's always groovy and gracious about it, so it's okay. It's really great fun. <laughs> This is what being sisters is all about. We love each other. We mess with each other. But and it gets you're complicated because our... we're different. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm interrupting. No, and, and you're Great our seventh segue. sister, so we love you, and we just might mess with you a little bit, too, because Indeed. that's what sisters do, Indeed. right? And feel free to mess with us. Yes. Well, you can mess with a little. Kim, but, you know, not the rest of us, just Kim, because <laughs> <laughs> she volunteered. <laughs> So contact Kim on the Seven Sisters. Yes. Kim at sevensistershomeschool.com. You can email her or, or on the Facebook, Facebook page, page. And, and mess with her. And you can just mess with Kim. There you yes. go. She invited you to. And feel free to send me ideas of ways to mess with Vicki and Sabrina. And I will do likewise on your behalf. Well, after that value-added content, we're just going to move right into our topic for the day. So Christmas is sometimes complicated, and we try to sort of put into general categories some of the most common complications that we have seen arise in our own celebrations of Christmas and in those of friends and family and our communities. And so we're going to kind of tackle these um, in, in, I guess, a category at a time, but just so you have some idea of what the rest of the episode is going to touch on. We're going to talk about years that uh, the holidays are complicated because financially things are messy, or years when scheduling is unusually difficult, years when somebody is ill, especially if it's mom or dad who's ill, years when there has been a loss and someone that we love has died, the holidays that get celebrated after a couple has divorced and you're trying to deal with that. Years where there are broken relationships in a family. The years when you are assimilating new people into your celebration of Christmas. And the years when you have to travel. So those are kind of the complications that we're going to dig into a little bit. And we're going to start off with finances. Because chances are most of us have had a year when things were financially tighter than we would have liked them to be at Christmas. You mean even at Christmas, sometimes finances get tight? It never happens to Santa, from what I've heard, but it happens to the rest of us. <laughs> and you mean it's only happened one year? <laughs> <laughs> now, to tell the truth, I mean, there's been so many times over the years mm-hmm. where if, a, we, if we stay with the budget, 
there's a small Christmas for the kids and nothing left for the extended family or everybody gets like a best wishes or something and to risk the everybody being mad and you know when we say we're not getting gifts for the extended family we made that choice mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's not an easy choice to make and it's not a grinchy choice to make let's just start that off mm-hmm. on the financial it's not scroogey there we go we'll tie into classic literature there because we go. are all about classic literature. Yeah, Scrooge's problem was that he didn't keep Christmas in his attitude. He had no love. He had no generosity of spirit. It really had little to nothing to do with how much money he was willing to donate to the poor or how much coal Bob Cratchit could put on the the uh, fire for the Christmas season. And it was about his, his attitude of, of mocking everyone who said Merry Christmas Indeed. and God bless us, everyone. Mm-hmm. And people who were, in fact, joyful in their hearts, even though they had little. And he said it was all a humbug, which means a deception, a fake, a phony. And it wasn't, because it was sincere. So that was my little vocabulary lesson for the day, too. (laughs) Humbug. I love it. Doesn't mean what a lot of people think it means. How about Mm. that? All right. So if you are not being Scroogey and you're not being Grinchy and you just don't have much in your bank account... Um, how can you deal with a financially tight Christmas in a godly way, in a loving way, and in a way that will be rewarding to you personally, where you'll come out of it satisfied instead of disappointed? So not financially rewarding, Mm -hmm. just in your heart rewarding. Mm -hmm. In your heart. Which is valuable. And especially if you have teens, we want to focus on that too. And so we're going to start with communication. Mm -hmm. Big time. If you have teenagers especially, you're going to need to talk to them about the fact that it's a tight year. And they probably know. They live in your home and are in your family. They've probably noticed that somebody lost a job or hours have been cut back or there was a huge expense that no one was expecting. So honest communication, great place to start. Mm -hmm. Good Mm -hmm. role modeling, too, for teens Mm -hmm. who are getting to be the age where they need to learn how to think wisely about finances and budgets and things like that. So this is good life prep for them to be communicating on financial tough things. Yeah. And what are we role modeling if we role model that, wow, we so have to spend X amount of dollars on each person or have so lavish a Christmas in the gift giving department that we're willing to sacrifice other things that we might need down the road or run up a debt that we shouldn't have or things like that. We're kind of showing them that priorities are kind of out of whack. Very good. So communication, role modeling, setting a budget and sticking to it, not just uh, impulsively putting things on a credit card, changing our expectations, getting rid of the must mentality. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, what, what are some of the musts that you hear coming from people, um, parents, uh, as far as financial expectations at Christmas? Oh, you go. You just you got you got to make it magical for the kids, and the magic means lots of lots presents, of stuff. yeah, yeah, fancy wrappings. You know, how much money do we spend sometimes on wrapping paper and bows? Yeah, yeah. I I have I have banned bows from my home because wow. I just and not that I don't allow them, but I just I just choose not to spend that money on on bows. I don't. I'm silly, but. The old Scrooge. (laughs) I think bows are a humbug. (laughs) 
But the, the idea that a, a lot of us Americans have is we must spend hundreds of dollars on each kid and that, you know, if you don't have that hundreds of dollars on each kid, that this is a crisis rather than maybe it's God showing you something else that he wants to bless you with. Yeah, and not and not showing your love with finances or gifts is not an indication that there's not love there, that there's so many ways to show love. Yeah, substitution is one of the things that, that we had talked about in getting ready for this podcast, that when there are not material resources there to shower love on your people, substitute other types of love showering and um, special activities or sentimental things. Um, Some of my kids' favorite gifts actually came during a year when we had no money. I mean, like, no money. And their gifts were not exciting materially, and they definitely had not cost much, but they were very personal and very sentimental. And they still, many, many years later, We'll mention that as being very precious to them. And it, it wasn't financial. It was, we substituted financial value with sentimental value. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things we have kind of played with off and on is rather than actually getting people gifts, kind of toying with and saying, okay, so if I were going to get you a gift and I could get you anything, which takes away the, like the boundaries of reality too, not just financial reality, but all kinds of reality you know, what would I, what would I wish or pray into your life that would really be a gift to you? That and is so cool. I love that idea. It was really fun. Like I, I would really like to steal that if I may, because I, I, that's a great idea. So, so, so you sit around like a, a game, you sit around and say, if I could just had no boundaries or anything for Christmas, I would give you a trip around the world and the happiest heart you ever oh, yeah. had or something. Yeah. So, and or, that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a cool idea. Yeah. It could be, you know, I know you've always wanted to have like a sleigh ride in Vermont in the snow, you know, like some like Christmas card or, or some, you know, literary just kind of situation that you can't just make happen or can't count on happening. But you could wish that for someone in your heart and in their heart. And it's kind of fun. You know, at, at Thanksgiving, we sit around the table and everyone says something that they were thankful for. Mm-hmm. I could just imagine everybody sitting around and just blessing each other with wishes. Yeah. And wishes don't cost anything. But sometimes you can add prayers to those wishes. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you had talked ahead of time with family members and said, hey, let's do this. And people had a chance to really think ahead. Mm-hmm. Wow, that could be, that totally gets my sentimental, (laughs) ushy, squishy heart so happy. I just love this. We just stirred Sabrina's grits. ah. And then if you're like a creative-y person, you could use, you could use photos or artwork or poetry or, this is awesome. I want to, okay. Yeah, one of the things we talked about too, as we were getting ready is, is it's so cool now that so many of us have phones with cameras right on your phone. So you could even go on, um, you know, an adventure and take pictures for people. And they could be, you know, very tangible pictures, you know, like, you know, I would love to buy you an RV because I know you've always wanted to just travel all around and go to all the national parks and all that sort of thing. Or it could be, um, you know, a picture of something that symbolizes something, you know, you could 
find some really cool Christmas decoration somewhere, then it's a dove, and it's because you know that having a peaceful heart is important to that person or whatever. Go on, pick monkey so and make cool. a, cr- a, collage. a collage. There you go. There you oh, go. I love it. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm, I'm already <laughs> mentally planning this. Right. I'm so ready to do this. All right, okay. so now I have to I'm get I'm sorry. Sabrina. I'm going to have to leave the podcast, and Kim and Vicky are just going to finish, because I have to go work on my... If I could give you anything, Christmas gifts this year. So the sisters amusing themselves. There you go. Hope we're amusing wow. you as well. Wow. All right. Okay. I'll, I'm going to schedule that work for a little bit later, and we're going to move to scheduling, which is our next topic. We're going to segue to scheduling. Segue to scheduling. How about if we schedule talking about scheduling, and how about if we do it right now? Could do that. I think okay. now is the time. Yeah. So scheduling can make. A complicated Christmas, even more complicated if you've got too many conflicting stuffs going on. And when you got teenagers, oh yeah, scheduling does get very complicated. Yes. Yeah, how many teenagers are in retail or food service for their first job? Oh, it's my. like the standard. And what's just constantly overscheduled coming into that the holidays is. is the retail and the food service. So it's true. Crazy. So true. And then you also have our kids as they're teenagers, you know, many of them are driving now and they have friends and, you know, we're, they're doing all those things that we're encouraging them to do, establishing relationships and having their own independent friendships and all that sort of thing. So they want to honor and respect and, and do those kinds of things too, as well as our family things. Yeah. It's a tricky thing sometimes to figure out how to help our teens respect everyone else in the family at the same mm. time that we are respecting their growing autonomy. Yes, indeed. Yeah, lots of communication. And perhaps mm. that's one of the keys is to over-communicate and to regularly remind everyone that over-communication is still probably not quite enough because <laughs> yeah. stuff is going to get lost in the shuffle and um, people's feelings are going to get hurt, especially during the holidays if things are lost in the shuffle because people feel disrespected. Mm. Well, it's it's just part of the holidays is things do get lost in the shuffle. Thus, a little bit of grace. Mm. Oh, it goes as such a, a long way. Yeah. You know, and, and as parents, if we role model grace for our teens, they might get some by osmosis, you know, coming mm. back towards us when we are asking them to do something that conflicts with what they want to do. You just used a powerful word, too, because you said asking them to do something. And that can be another place where grace comes in. Uh, Sometimes as a mom of teens, I knew that uh, they're going to have to get my approval actually to go to that thing that they want to go to. And I'm Mm -hmm. not entirely sure that I'm going to be able to give it to them. This is Mm -hmm. maybe not something where I can just give them the grace. And, Mm -hmm. but if I talk to them about it with an attitude of, I'm asking you to look at this from my perspective, to count the cost for the other people involved as well. Are you, are you seeing that there's another whole piece? To, we're, we're asking them to enter into adulthood. Indeed. And that mm-hmm. involves a lot of weighing all those factors in and figuring out what the best thing to do is. Because there's often not a One a right good, way? There's not <laughs> one right way. You knew we had to do it somehow. Absolutely. <laughs> but when, when a healthy parent asks, it's a different kind of ask than an unhealthy parent. Ooh, so, you know, sometimes if if we get afraid of our teens' approval, like, oh, you know, if they don't get everything they want from us, then they won't like us, and this is going to be terrible. And so we ask of them almost like a begging 
if we ask in a self-respecting way, like, this is what I need, this is what the family needs, then that's a powerful ask. It's mm. a respecting ask. It's respecting them, and it tends to bring back towards us respect. Mm-hmm. And it's also validating them because it's not just demanding. It's not just right. like, uh, no, you're not doing that because this is what we're doing. Because they don't learn to be independent thinkers and right. manage their adult life if mm-hmm. mom is bossing around. Oh, dear. We're doing a parenting class. I'm sorry. No. Nah. Really Merry important Christmas, stuff, everyone. though. <laughs> yeah. it, is. it really is. It's a, it's a tricky balance always. Yeah. yeah. We so talked on, on the Realistic Expectations podcast about how some people, um, more is more when it comes to events at the holidays. And for some people, less is more when it comes to (laughs) events at the holidays. And so um, we talked a lot about learning how to say things that will help. For some people, learning to say no is very important. Indeed. Mm. And there are too many events, and you are being expected to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. And you need to learn to just look at someone and smile and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do that, but I hope you'll have a really good time. Mm-hmm. And some of us need to learn to say yes, because we can be a little hermity. Mm-hmm. And we do need to get outside of our comfort zone and get out of our jammies and slippers and actually go be social. Mm. So some of us need to learn to say yes. And some of us need to learn that yes means no. What on earth are you talking about? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Learning that yes means no is super important to model for our teens, too, because it means understanding that whatever I say yes to means that I have said no to something else. Indeed. If there's an empty calendar square, it's not really empty. Sometimes saying yes to an event means I'm saying no to rest that I desperately need. Okay, Sabrina's looking at me all too much. (laughs) No judgment. Judgment Judgment-free zone in the glamorous studios of the Seven Sisters podcasting facilities. No judgment. I just happen to know you very well. Yes, yes, true. Saying yes means you're saying no to something else. And something that Fred and I, my husband, um, we have to remember to save a little bit of time to just have a conversation with each other because he's a shift worker and time can be very, very weird. And so if he's on night works and we have all of these holiday events going on at the same time and I am not home and he's only got a couple of hours in the middle of the day where he's just gotten up and he's not gone back into work quite yet, um, that 1 to 3 p.m. is pretty much prime time if we're going to even like make eye contact with each other. And if I'm saying yes to a bunch of cool events, I also have to look at, yeah, but is he on nights or days? Because it really does, it, it starts to take a toll on mm-hmm. even your marriage if, uh, if you're saying yes to all sorts of externals. And it is really important to keep that balance. Yeah, yeah. And if you're somebody who loves to do lots of things, maybe you need to make a top five list early in the season and say, okay, I would love to do 23 things. Uh-huh. I really, really, really want to do these five. And so if I have to say no to some of the other 18 things, it will be okay as long as I get my five. Mm-hmm. She's still staring I'm at me, people. looking at my friend and sister with love in my heart. Well, I have already, I have heeded my own advice and I have already started chatting with all of my people and started expressing my own needs and just said... To each of my family members who lives in our house still, I said, please start thinking about 
what is important to you about Christmas so that when Christmas is all over in, in January, what are the things that if they don't happen, you will feel like, oh, you know, something was missing or something just wasn't right. Um, and what I realized is that I sometimes am really good about getting everyone else's input, not so good about thinking of my own. And so I'm working on my list too and I'm going to be a role model. Oh, I'm challenging myself because oh. now I'm saying it in front of everybody. <laughs> so and I'm... you can hold her accountable by emails to Kim at sevensistershomeschool.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love, love you, Kim. There you go. There you go. So, yes. Yeah, so I am going to make sure that my needs are foremost in the conversation. But that's kind of a mom-itis kind of thing, is is we are so far down on the list Mm -hmm. that sometimes we forget that we have needs, too. Yeah, and and we actually are doing our teens a disservice when we don't include our needs because we kind of are not teaching them to be more mindful of everybody's needs if we don't even express what our needs are. Wow. They don't have an opportunity to honor them. That's profound. That's yeah. Really profound. Yeah. yeah. You go, Kim. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay. So years with tight finances and years with overloaded or complicated schedules. How about the years when somebody is sick? Either Ugh. just happened to get that wicked virus sick or like sick, sick. Like mm. Can you tell the quiche oh. story? The quiche oh, story. Yeah. Well, Okay. This is a lesson in what not to do, my friends. Um, Many years ago, I had three little kids, and I had the recipe that was my thing to make every year for my extended family's Christmas dinner. I made these little crab quiche appetizers, and um, it was sort of a special recipe that I had come up with on my own. And one year, when I had three little ones, I got a wicked stomach virus on Christmas Eve, and I vomited my socks up for many, many hours. <laughs> and finally, around 4 a.m. on Christmas morning. It was tough on the plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, were my feet cold the rest of the winter. <laughs> oh, you just never know what you're going to hear on the Homeschool High School podcast. <laughs> Explain that with me in class. <laughs> I just ruined the pathos of that story. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm delighted. So. The visual was just so great. It was. So I finally began to feel a little better around 4 a.m. on Christmas morning, but I was not up to cooking, and it turned out I was not even up to sitting upright. I was so weak. And so instead of just letting people know, oh, there won't be any crab quiche appetizers. No, I had, I had myself taken to my mother's house where with my bag of ingredients and I lay on her kitchen floor because I couldn't even sit up at the table. I was so weak. I lay on the kitchen floor and explained to her how to make these appetizers. <laughs> and she kept saying, Sabrina, we have plenty of food. We could just skip the crab quiche. And I kept saying, no, this is my thing. This is what I contribute. This is what I always make. (laughs) (laughs) So even if it's nothing but a 24-hour virus, uh, you got to let the quiche go, people. You got (laughs) to let the quiche go. So your identity is in Christ, not in In quiche. quiche. Oh, good one. (laughs) Kind of alliterates. It's not spelled the same, but it sounds pretty similar. (laughs) 
Your identity is in Christ, not in Quiche. <laughs> no, it still doesn't quite work. Uh, Christ so and what Quiche? If, what if the illness is a much bigger deal? Mm. A long-term illness? Mm. What, do, what, what do we do, ladies? Of all times, the holidays is a time where you have to let it be okay. Mm-hmm. And to let people help. Mm. Mm-hmm. And to just take things off the list, like we're just not doing that this year. Oh my, yeah, yep. Change your expectations. Mm-hmm. We we keep and and again, you know, there's just not one right way to do this, and we all have, we all have different ideas. So we often think there's not one right way to do it from one person to the next, but even within a family, from year to year, yeah. you just have to give yourself permission to. Keep the priority. What's the important stuff? Yeah. Vicky loves to use the phrase, you know, eternal value. If you use the good china that was grandmom's, or if you use chinette, or if you use dollar store paper plates, does that matter? You know, it right. really doesn't matter. That's not the eternal value thing. The being together and the working together or just sitting together or laughing together or crying together, that's what matters. Yeah. And... There might be Christmases where you just say, we're just not doing Christmas and, you know, let the kids do Christmas with the grandparents. But it may be a year where you say, I just can't do it. Because it, it doesn't have eternal value if you have a tree or if you don't. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just hard. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that, especially with teenagers. Mm-hmm. and um, or, or let the teens make some decisions on what they want to do about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What what part is most important for them to figure out? And I guess this is obvious in one sense, but it's not obvious if mom is the one who's sick and mom is the one who's thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, the person who is the sickest and weakest oh, yeah. should get a lot of say on what he or she can or cannot handle. Don't let other people decide what you can handle if you're the one who's ill. Indeed. Mm. And it's it's obvious, but it's not obvious. Yeah. Right. And what yeah. you can handle and what you can't handle in the sense that there might be things that are really important to you that people are trying to take off the table, but you need them to be on the table. Mm. And so you've got to communicate on both sides of that coin. Right. Yeah. However, at any point that you find yourself lying on your mother's kitchen floor explaining how to make crab quiche appetizers... You have gone over the line. <laughs> you need to get a clue. Back off. <laughs> oh, my. It's okay for it to be hard. It's okay for it to be hard when there's illness. It's okay for it to be hard when you have lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. Dealing with the holidays in the wake of a death is really complicated. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's complicated for everybody in very different ways, and it doesn't matter how mm. recent the death was. Um, Allison and I lost our older sister, Heather, just one week before Christmas, um, several years mm. ago. And she died on December 18th, and I am terrible at remembering dates, but I always remember when she died because it was seven days before Christmas. Christmas. And yeah. boy, was that a weird Christmas. So that was right before. But... It can be six months before. It can be a year before. It, you, can't, you can't put any kind of cookie cutter on what grief is going to look like for people at the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, especially those anniversary times, if it was someone's birthday around Christmas or mm-hmm. if you just, if that person was special, such a special part of how you celebrated 
your Christmas or whatever, that may really intensify how it how it affects mm-hmm. things. Right. Yeah. Right. We like to. Um, it's it's not at all original with us, but we can't remember actually what it's called, so we don't know oh, who yes. to give credit to. But there's this there's this image. We'll find of, it and put it in the show notes. <laughs> yes. There's um, there's this image of concentric circles around um, a, around a tragedy, and so if someone has lost their spouse, they're at the center of that circle. They have experienced the greatest, most traumatic piece of that loss. And around them, there's a circle of people who are very, very close, maybe the children or the parents. And then outside that, there's another circle, and these were extended family. And beyond that, you have friends and acquaintances. Everyone is affected. Everyone is dealing with grief. But the person at the center of that, the person absolutely closest to it, has to be in charge of what their holidays are going to look like. Because the, the grief is, it's theirs first. And you can't, what is it, you can't trauma process from the outside in. Mm-hmm. It has to be that the person at the center gets to say, this is what I can handle, this is what I can't, this is what I need. And the people going out, they can look to people who are farther removed for encouragement and support and validation, but they cannot dump more pressure on that person Inward. in the middle. So mm-hmm. the people on the outside circles, it's not helpful to look in and say, I need you as mm. the, the person who experienced the loss to make Christmas better for me by feeling okay or acting okay or acting right. like nothing has happened. So you don't go and, and expect that person to, to not have experienced a loss. You also don't tell them how to do their loss. Oh, mm. true oh, yeah. that. Yeah, and in so many of these things with us, with our children, with our spouses, it's it's we've got to respect that we're all different and we handle things really differently. Um, and so just keeping that in mind and, and teaching and role modeling for our kids how to honor someone else's way of handling something, and mm-hmm. especially with grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, many years ago, I, I had a, a daughter in 1996, and she only lived for a couple of hours. And she was born in July. This was not close to Christmas. But when we got to Christmas, five months later, I was just really struggling. I felt like our family was incomplete. Mm-hmm. I had my three kids who were born before her, but she should have been there. She should have been six months old in her or five months old in her cute little red velvet dress, and she wasn't there. She was in heaven, and that was really weighing on me. And... Um, I made a hard decision that I just was not up to one particular event. There were going to be too many babies there, quite honestly. Mm. And I decided that I was going to sit that one out this year. And I communicated that to my husband and left it up to whether he wanted to go or not. But I said, I'm going to sit this one out. And there was someone else in that group whose mother was in the hospital, wasn't looking good, They were struggling with that. And that person came to me and said, I know that you don't feel like you can come to this, but I just really need you to come because this one is worried about losing mom and it's just, and there's so much, and we just need, we need all the family to come around together to support them. And like a dummy, (laughs) I was a doormat, not a duck. (laughs) You were a well-intentioned dummy. I was a well-intentioned dummy, but I went, and I went to an event that I didn't have any business being at because Mm -hmm. I already knew for myself this was not going to be a healthy, good place for me to be. 
and the person whose mother was in the hospital did not actually need me at this event. We weren't even, uh, th there was just, it just wasn't. No. So a, a person ran in for a rescue, mm -hmm. which is never helpful. Mm. Never helpful. Mm. Yeah, never helpful. Mm. So in those situations, the person who is grieving needs to be respected to process through and to handle the holidays in their own way. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Good. Um, no is a complete sentence. How about that? A person who is grieving does not have to explain why a particular oh, event yes. needs to be no. or why. Maybe you should tradition. say that again. again. Well, no is a complete sentence. Indeed. Yeah. N-O period. And Kim is now looking at me because <laughs> <laughs> perhaps sometimes N-O exclamation mark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's not something I do well. I can say the sound bite, but it's something I struggle with, and I'm just going to be real, because that's a good thing to do. And it's okay for it to be hard. We have that written in the margin. Mm -hmm. So if saying no is hard for you, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And if dealing with people not understanding why you're doing something is hard, that's okay. Because mm. hard things actually teach us a lot about relying on God and not just doing things in our own strength. And oh. not just falling back to the way it's always been. And oh my, what might we teach our teenagers <laughs> if we modeled and talked about these oh. kinds of things Indeed. when oh. we're grieving? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so there's something there. All right. Here's a topic that people don't like to talk about much, but divorce. Hmm. You know, sometimes we have a fiction that in our homeschool community that families never suffer tough things like loss mm. or divorce or financial things. But you know what? The homeschool world is full of real people. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was divorced and it was very complicated, especially the first Christmas after. But to be perfectly honest, every Christmas after has <laughs> been complicated by the fact that there was a divorce. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm going to just get on my little soapbox and preach, if there was one piece of advice that I could give to newly divorced or oldly divorced people, because it doesn't matter how many years it is, you got to create a no-slam policy, especially during the holidays. Indeed. You are going to have issues with the way your ex-spouse does things around the holidays. It's just guaranteed. And you absolutely should not talk about that and complain about that and put your kids in the middle of that because it is only tragic for them. Indeed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually help you feel any better. You're still stuck with it. And it most certainly is not going to change what your ex is doing because they have their own life and their own decisions to make. You're not in charge of that. So the only people really deeply affected by that are your kids. Mm -hmm. No slam. Please. Okay, I will now step down off of my soapbox and onto flat ground again. Um, how about make new traditions? Kim helped with that in, yeah. in my yeah, after my divorce. You want me to talk about cookie day? I want you to talk I about cookie day. I love talking about cookie day. Yep. I, you know, it's I so desperately wanted to do something to help, and I didn't know what to do. Um, and I just said, hey, Sabrina, what can I do? And her kids really wanted to make cookies and Sabrina didn't really know if she had it in her to make cookies 
So we got together and we made cookies, but I think as much as making cookies, we made memories. Yeah. And we made time together, and I can still actually picture all the flour all over the table <gasps> at your kitchen. I have that. seen pictures of <laughs> it, it was more like, like cookie earthquake, I think. Yeah, yeah. and our, our youngest came up with this really cool thing where they made the Kris Kringle colossal Christmas cookie. Yes. And for years after that... They alliterated just to upset Marilyn. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> We've taught them well. Yes. <laughs> and um and yeah, that became such a tradition. I think I think last year maybe, or some other year, they actually didn't make a colossal Christmas cookie, and afterwards they said, "Oh wow, we never made a colossal Christmas cookie." Um, but other years, we'll have to tell you about that in another episode because that was an adventure in and of itself. Um, the nine thousand calorie per bite Christmas cookie. Oh my <laughs> word! <laughs> it had cheesecake in it. Let's just put it that way. <sighs> Um, but anyhow, yeah, I um, that. yeah, so we, we, so it's like five days calorie allotment. Oh, uh, yeah. So we created cookie day, which became a new tradition. Um, and we've, it's blessed all of our families. You know, it started out, we thought we were blessing Sabrina and her family. And then there were years. And you were. And we were. <laughs> and this is true. This is true. That. And then one year right before Christmas, our beloved, you know, puppy Bernie died. And I didn't know if we could do cookies. And you said, yep, let's do cookies. And so then then it was a ministry to us. And it was very comforting to have that new tradition continue on. Mm-hmm. And, and now we've been able to bless other people who've been going through tough times, too. So the answer to life after divorce is cookies. cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get the Seven Sisters Christmas bundle, you'll get some of our recipes. Yeah. And if you don't see any Christmas cookie recipes in there... You can email me at kim at sevensistershomeschool.com, and I will send you some. <laughs> kim is just putting herself out there I today am. for her homeschool sisters. <laughs> Seriously. Some other things so that I learned <laughs> after, after my divorce, some other things that I learned were to expect the unexpected mm. and to make a safe space when mm. something unexpected happened, to just be able and willing to kind of drop whatever it was we thought we were going to do and um, instead deal with what people needed right at that moment. And um, again, if you have teens, how much might they be blessed for the rest of their lives if they have learned that sometimes you drop what you're doing and you make it safe for someone. Mm. And... um, if you can model that in your home, whether it's for them or whether it's for a sibling or whether it's for, for you. Mm. Um, but if, if you can be flexible with that and say, okay, this is new and different and hard for everybody and we're going to roll with it. We found that Christmas morning, one of the kids, this was the first Christmas after the divorce, but um, everything was fine. Everybody was happy. People had opened presents. We sat down to have breakfast and looked over and one of the kids just dissolved went white as a sheet started crying got nauseated just just it just hit just that this this is hard and um people who wanted to keep eating got to stay at the table and keep eating and people who didn't want to eat got to go in the living room and get tissues and just had to let it be what it was Mm -hmm. Mm. and it was actually really good because we loved on each other and how beautiful that you didn't go oh no get yourself together come on we're all gonna have fun right 
right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not a wrong way nope. to go through mm. Christmas in a tragic time. Yeah. But you know what? We also didn't make everybody else leave the table and go in the living room if they were okay just eating and needed to give that sibling a little bit of space. That was okay, too. Yes. Beautiful. So, Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And then as much as you can, please cooperate after a divorce. Oh, please. Don't fight for the days. Don't play. Can you top this with presents? Nobody wins. And your kids lose more than you do. Indeed. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, wow. that's, that's my stuff to say about divorce. Anybody have anything yeah. else to add to divorce I, strategies? Well, I, I just have to, I'm just going to share. When I was growing up, I, you know, looking back, I think it's kind of a miracle that my parents didn't divorce. But there were some really hard Christmases relationally in our family, even though we were, you know, quote unquote, one whole intact family. Um, and to just acknowledge that, if that's what's going on, that that, that might be a really tough time. And, and to be able to, you know, if you're struggling, to talk with your kids about it and, and work with them so that they feel like, like you're considering their feelings in all of it, too. Good stuff. Well, that's a pretty natural segue into just broken relationships in general, which was our next category that we were going to touch on. Because even among followers of Jesus, sometimes there's brokenness in a relationship. So there might be brokenness in a church family Mm -hmm. or within a, a family unit that sometimes our lives get messy because we just live in a broken world and, and we're humans yeah yes. yeah I, I heard this rumor that we kind of all are a little broken here and there in different yeah. places at different times yeah so maybe this is a good time to to hit on sort of the overarching theme that we came to is looking in looking at all these categories that we're trying to encourage you to find good coping strategies because these are things you can't fix Mm-mm. and Vicki mentioned earlier that rescue attempts are never healthy and never helpful And when there are broken relationships, trying to magically do something at Christmas doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Or what do you do? Using Christmas as trauma processing, like, you won't believe what so and so said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a family event or a special event is not the place to increase drama. You mean I'm not supposed to come whine about Aunt Sally at Christmas dinner? (laughs) It's not helpful. It's not. It's not. And, you know, a lot of those things can wait. Mm -hmm. Even if they're fresh and they're on your mind and they're bothering you, they really don't need to be dealt with right at that moment. If you were at that event, that is not what it's for. So like like Thumper said years ago, if you can't say something nice, don't Don't say nothing. And going back to, you know, pull out that concentric circle thing. If there's something that's really bugging you, find somebody in the same ring of the circle as you are or outward and find an appropriate time to deal with whatever is bothering you yeah. so that you don't just ignore it. Don't stuff it, but find a constructive way to deal with it. Right. So it doesn't mean you, you deny that there are problems. Yeah. It just means there's times and places and that grown up healthy people have the power to choose time and place. Mm. Wow. Again, that just might be some really powerful role modeling and communication opportunities with our teens. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. teens tend to have a lot of drama and a lot of in-the-moment impulse go-ahead and trauma process all over everything, and what they do is perpetuate it instead Indeed. of healing it. 
and they don't have that same long-term perspective that that we do you know the older we get kind of thing that we can kind of see well this too will pass or this is a season or yeah that kind of thing and they don't have that same perspective um but mentioning the the role modeling and thing and and talking about being offended by someone or something you know what a beautiful time of year to remind ourselves and the people around us that it's really all about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And you know we we say it's about the gifts or it's about the traditions or whatever, and then we go, oh no, it's not really. It's all about Jesus. Well, what's Jesus really about? Mm-hmm. He came to forgive us. So we've right. got to be forgiving with ourselves for any imperfections in all of this. We got to be forgiving with each other, and we got to just you know kind of be open with our kids. And sometimes forgiveness is really hard. Sometimes things have happened for a long time and somebody does something or doesn't do something or whatever and it gets really hard um so you can be open about that and 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 don't be fake forgiving Mm -hmm. but be real forgiving and and show that it's a process and and explain to our kids that it really is that that whole forgiveness thing frees us and half the time the person that you're were offended by they have no idea they're not they're not going to come apologize because they don't even know they offended you or they didn't Mm -hmm. mean to offend you and if you can let go of some of that, then it can make your holiday better, you know, your children's holiday better, your your family's holiday better. Or if there's some really tough things, because occasionally there are some things where forgiving doesn't mean forget. Absolutely. Or forgiving doesn't mean reestablish a relationship. It just means I'm not going to live there in that hatred and bitterness. Mm-hmm. And to help teens through those kind of things, especially at the holiday season, is really important. You know, like forgiveness doesn't mean laying down and, and endangering yourself, you know, emotionally or physically. What it means is you're not holding on to that bitterness and letting God come in and do healing work. So sometimes you need a counselor and all. But... In, in, the, in the context of the holidays, events and family time are not the place for those. Yeah. As we, we said in the last uh, Christmas-related podcast, we talked about being a duck, not a doormat. Love it. Yes, and, love it. And, yeah, and I didn't even remember it from the last time we did it, but Vicki and Sabrina <laughs> it, both it did. It just oh, comes naturally. <laughs> it's oh, astounding. Good. Being so, a duck, yeah. not a doormat. So, so it. it really is true, though, and that... And I'm so glad that you commented on that, Vicki, because that's not the kind of forgiveness. And that mm-hmm. used to be my idea of what forgiveness meant, mm-hmm. is like forgive and forget and, and go back and go back abuse yeah. so that you need to forgive some more. And that's not at all what Jesus calls us to either. It's it's forgiving and moving on and not putting yourself in, you know, we kind of, we really twist that whole idea sometimes of what forgiveness is. So for families who are listening to this podcast and their high schoolers are taking psych this year. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is psychology hours for Absolutely. their transcripts. Absolutely. Go. Grab, grab your copy of Psych from a, human, <laughs> from a Christian perspective. And uh, I'm sure there's an enrichment activity somewhere in there in Vicki's uh, curriculum that you can use this for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about when we add new people into the mix? Because if you've got teens, guess what? They're going to be adults before long, and they are likely to be significant to others and fiancés and Mm. spouses. Mm. And with those fiancés and spouses come in-laws. Indeed. And sometimes outlaws, depending on how it goes. (laughs) Yes. And if you live in my house, my children tease me because I just like to 
find stray people who don't have a place to go and come and and that also is complicating yeah. Yeah, yeah. because sometimes your your family doesn't want to add more people yeah and sometimes it's appropriate to add people in one person's perspective and not someone else's talking about those expectations together yes. absolutely and that's that's even true with you know significant others with your kids like when when does their boyfriend or girlfriend or um you know become are they not really a part of the family until they're engaged, you know? So do we right. not are, you know, after <laughs> oh, the first no. date, are they part of the family? How, how does this work in your family and theirs? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it is complicated. It just is. And it's not right or wrong to do it one way or another. Cause there's not, not one, one right, right way. way to do the holidays. So having no assumptions mm. is a good place to start. Cause there's not one right way and letting it be awkward. Because sometimes awkward is the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Yeah. It's, uh, it's new, so it's not going to feel familiar. Expect people to be different because, mm -hmm. wow, are there a lot of different ways to celebrate holidays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just remarkable. And I think we lose sight of that so easily. We are so accustomed mm. to our family of origin and our family that we're parenting now. And... Uh, Maybe that's a good conversation to have with teens, too, because they're going to start Ooh. celebrating with other people outside oh, of what they've experienced. Yeah. And if we can equip them to be sensitive to observing the differences and mm. then and enjoying them. Yes. Participating yeah. appropriately yeah. In, in those things. Yeah. I think if we focus on the people that are gathered mm. and not on the event itself, it's going to do a whole lot. To keep Amen. us from getting stressed. Sounds like a sound bite. It does sound like a sound bite. <laughs> so what do we have? We have be a duck, not a doormat. We have no is a complete, complete sentence. sentence. We have learn that yes means no. Mm. We have focus on the people, not the event. Woo. Oh, we're just full of sound Woo. bites today. Hopefully they are helping you. <laughs> my, my, my. And in uh, all of these things, you know, we're talking about a lot of a lot of changes with a lot. Of, we're talking about financial, and often that is tied to career changes. We're talking about um, new people in and out of your life and new seasons of of um, change. And in those kinds of things, sometimes getting some outside coaching is a super helpful, important thing. Do we know anybody who does any outside coaching that's you know, super helpful? Strangely enough, we do. I have heard of this website called VickiTillmanCoaching.com. <laughs> wow. And uh, I am a huge believer in getting some outside perspective and coaching for all sorts of transitional periods in life. I have benefited from it myself tremendously. I have hooked various ones of my kids up with somebody a little objective and someone who can be a truth speaker in a way that people in your immediate family and your closest friends simply can't be. Right. That going outside that concentric circle thing yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the, the, our kids or, or we need somebody who's a little bit more objective. So if you are looking for some objective coaching, you can find some wonderful resources at VickiTillmanCoaching.com. Shameless plug because I am a huge believer. Mm, and I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a sister. <laughs> oh, wait. So is Kim. Okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so are you because you are the seventh, seventh sister. sister. Oh, Yay. Awesome. Okay, so finally, let's talk about the complicated years with travel. Ooh. This was me when we were growing up every Christmas. My mm. dad was a professor and he would 
get that last exam Ooh. graded and turned, and he had to submit his grades before we could leave. And he invariably had like the last exam slot possible. You know? Always. So then he was grading like a madman trying to get these things done. And then we would throw all of our stuff and three kids, two parents, and suitcases into the Dodge Dart. You know, we had a 1970 <laughs> Dodge Dart. Oh my Dart. goodness. And I always had to sit in the middle of the back seat and straddle the hump. Did you sit on the hump? Not fair. <laughs> I was the youngest, and they made me do it, and it was so unfair. And we would drive 800 miles to Indiana wow. to see grandparents, aunts, and uncles, and all. And that was Christmas break every year until I was 13. Christmas break? Yeah, exactly. There you go. So if you're one of those families that is doing that kind of travel to see family at Christmas, yeah, it's not Christmas break. It's Christmas, like, I'm going to start breaking things because I've <laughs> my stress is off the charts. I can see so. that as a meme. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that you can keep in mind is that if you're planning a trip, you are not just planning the travel days. You are also planning the prep days and the re-entry recovery days. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. I mean, we all know this the hard way, but we forget in between oh, yeah. that oh, yeah. the recovery period is just as important as the planning and the travel itself. So true. So true. We we often will pray for each other when we've returned from something. And, and I'll text Sabrina and I'll say, so how's re-entry going? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to be staying with family when you travel, that's wonderful. And sometimes... It's overwhelming mm -hmm. for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, Sometimes for you and the people that are hosting you. Yeah, what can yeah. we do to make those situations more manageable? To cope. Yeah, well, to, to plan an escape route. Mm. That everybody just has enough sometimes. And to be able to say it's okay to go for a walk or go take a bath or go in the bedroom and read a book that it's okay to have some space. Or my hubby's favorite, everyone in my family will tell you, and I don't know how much of it is, you know, his escape route and how much of it is just he sleeps a lot. <sighs> but my dear hubby, no matter where we go, no matter what family gathering, you know, we're, we're driving about two hours each way for most of these. He will find a moment, and he'll usually, like, evaporate and go find my nephew's Star Wars bed or something. <sighs> But he also can do it in a crowded room in the middle of everyone. He'll just rest his eyes for a little uh, while. <laughs> my my brother-in-law says, I feel a nap coming on. Yes, oh, that's there you go. Good. There you go. That's good. Yep. Yeah, sometimes the most loving thing that you can do for people that you love is to go away from them for a little while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. And it makes everybody just that much more loving when they're back together. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Beware. Beware, my sisters. Especially if you are traveling around the holidays. Beware of... Halt. Beware of halt. Tell us about halt, Vicki. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. It's mm. part of traveling in the holidays. Mm -hmm. You're not Holiday eating on halt. a Holiday Ooh, halt. Oh, there we go. One more alliteration for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. No extra charge. <laughs> so what, what can we do to so, avoid halt? So we were talking about this ahead of time. Like Kim had the easiest solution to halt. Is you keep water and snacks, on oh. healthy snacks, mm. on hand. Mm-hmm. One of our favorite things to do is before we're going on a trip, somebody will take a little run over to Tarjay and just get a little bit of something that everybody mm -hmm. likes. It, and, and, you know, even just stopping and getting out of the car, yep. even if you're on a budget, um, it's still really easy. If you look, you can usually find great 
uh, place that have rest stop where you can have a picnic table or whatever. You don't have to go in and buy stuff. But then for me, my kids will laugh at me. I like to bring a football. Yes, I'm a 53-year-old woman. <laughs> I like to bring a football on a trip. And when we stop at a rest stop, if somebody will please play catch with me for five minutes, I am so much more awake and alert and better adjusted. That's so adorable. just be forewarned, the next time we go to two to one, somebody's playing catch with me. <laughs> Kim has been known to play football in the traffic jams. Oh my, yeah. When, one time we got stuck on a highway in Arkansas for like like two hours and the truckers blocked off the uh, shoulders and everything. So my daughters got out their hockey sticks and a volleyball and played on the interstate. <laughs> Just, you got to roll with it. You really do. Yeah. You do. You got to roll with it. And actually you got to roll with it is a wonderful way for us to wrap up this episode because everything that we've been talking about today, they are external things that happen that complicate life and you can't fix them. Nope. But you can cope with them well, mm -hmm. and you can roll with it, and you can communicate honestly, and you can be very sure that you are helping your teens communicate well about these things. And you can um, extend respect and grace to mm -hmm. others, and you can also expect your teens to extend that. Yes. Because they're, they're at a point in their lives where they do understand, especially if you help them with good mm -hmm. conversation. And uh, you're giving them coping strategies for the rest of life. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Absolutely. So Absolutely. we hope that your holidays are not complicated this year. Yeah. We hope that our holidays are not, <laughs> not complicated either. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> and so keep a good sense of humor yes. in all of this. If it's not funny now, hopefully it'll be funny later or something in it will be funny later. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, as you, are, as you are celebrating holidays this year, remember to be kind to one another and to yourselves. Mm -hmm. And remember that God is always up to something good in our lives, even in the complicated things. He is teaching us things, and he is redeeming broken things, and he is showing us more and more of himself. Because that's what he does. Indeed. He is so good that way. So enjoy it, and we look forward to being with you again on the next episode. This has been the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Yay!